0: Have you ever wondered if it's possible to live in sync with your cycle instead of against it? Do you struggle with a negative mindset around sex with your spouse? Are you wondering if it's possible to live a full, healthy life without using contraception? We're going to explore these questions and so many more in the Managing Your Fertility podcast because this is about helping you live a whole and full life. I'm your host and guide, Bridget Busacker, joining you in the journey of exploration related to women's healthcare, sex and intimacy in marriage, and everything related to fertility awareness. Are you ready? Let's get started. I am so glad you're on the journey with me. Hey, are you freshly engaged or a newlywed? We've got something special brewing for you. So drum roll, please get ready for the grand reveal of our newlywed sex boot camp. This is the ultimate crash course for engaged and newlywed couples who want to dive deeper into the theological and practical sides of marriage. Picture this as your roadmap to marital bliss. But seriously, don't just take my word for it. We want to be able to provide you with answers so that you actually have the support that you need and you're not being told that what your question is is just not the right question. We are here to help you with the practicals along with the theological realities of living a Catholic marriage and building a beautiful Catholic sex life because it's possible why should you be pumped about this because we get it david and i have been there we had few friends getting hitched when we were engaged we didn't have a church community yet we were just getting networked in so we didn't really have mentors to ask about these questions that we had and wanting to build out that community and the internet um we definitely tried to reach out in some of those chat groups for catholics and it did not go well so this course is here for you to be a safe haven. There's no judgment, just honest answers. So if you are ready to turn those newlywed jitters or wherever you might be in your journey, maybe it's the newlywed awkwardness into a confident waltz, buckle up hit the subscribe button which is in the show notes and let the countdown begin to this course to be able to help and support you. So I wanna encourage you in the show notes, I have a link to be able to subscribe so that you get all the updates, exclusive content and the information that you need for when this course launches in 2024. I am so excited to be able to offer this to you. We're pumped to be able to create something like this for you to be able to help you. And it's the thing that we wish existed when we were engaged. So until next time, I'm so excited to have you engaging in this. Subscribe, ask any questions that you might have, and we will see you soon. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm excited. I'm sitting down with my husband, David, for today's topic.
1: Hello, I'm happy to be here. Um, Today in our conversation, we are going to talk about the Catechism of the Catholic Church on pornography um, and the pornographication of movies today and scenes and how they kind of stick with our memories and influence our own sex lives.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to be a good one. It's a different style we're processing together. So I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. It was really fun to record together, and I'm excited to jump in. Okay, so today we're going to talk about Hollywood and movies and effect on sex and intimacy, and I'm a little nervous. You
1: bet. <laughs> you bet.
0: I'm not nervous about the topic. It's just like we've talked about this for so long, like on our so own, long. and it's just a little like, oh, wow, we're, we're hitting the red light. Okay. Yeah. So... This all started with Oppenheimer. I mean that, we've talked about it before then.
1: That's true but but I think that's been the most that movie coming out and kind of everything we've been hearing from people about every aspect of the movie everything from IMAX to the content <laughs> has made it that so we had to make we had to make some decisions about how we were going to treat situations like this and we did a little research and I think we had some really good conversations so I'm I'm looking forward to I mean it's also been a couple months too, right mm-hmm so it's also a good, you know, we've had some time to think about the decisions we made in the moment, and I'm looking forward to to bringing others into it.
0: Yeah, okay, so I think uh, high level, Hollywood, and just just thinking about all the different movies that we watch. Just, I mean, I'm more of a rom-com person than you are, but it would seem that <laughs> there's just a lot more innuendo, but I think they've become a lot more explicit in recent years when it comes to sex scenes. So, you know, it's kind of graphic, kind of not, but they're usually, like, way more long and gratuitous, and it's just, that's gotten me thinking a little bit more around, like, how am I supposed to actually approach this, and should I be watching this? Yeah. Um, I don't know, for you, for different TV shows that you watch, like, some of them have been more violent and Well, what's kind
1: of interesting is, you know, I think... Like you said, you're more of the rom. You you enjoy rom coms. Uh, I'm a little more into sci fi, fantasy, that kind of world. And um, and, and I mean, there's a lot of sex in those uh, those worlds too. And what's also kind of uncomfortable is like I tend to watch those shows myself because you don't really care to watch them. So whenever I find little corners of time, I'll I'll dip into them, and uh, and then I find myself watching sexually explicit things without you, which is you know. Not like it'd be better with you, but, you know, it, it, it's like, ooh, you know, mm-hmm. you know we'll go, yeah, it's just, it, it's just very uncomfortable that, like, entertainment seems to just have so much sexually explicit stuff, so, yeah, it's very relevant for right now, for us.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about the time, for me specifically, with watching the Chris Evans on the De Armas movie, Ghosted, mm-hmm. and it was like, I think there was literally only one sex scene in it. And it was, my sister and I were watching it. And we were both just kind of uncomfortably like, okay, should we just fast forward? It's like, I, we get it. We get what you're going for. We get the vibe. We get it. You're going to sleep over together. Um, but it was just like the montage, the music, the sheets. And it was just like, do I need to be seeing this? And that's become a lot more prevalent in a lot of movies across the board, it would seem. Like you said, it's, it's in the TV shows. It's in different uh, genres of movies now. It's pretty much everywhere.
1: Yeah. And it also doesn't even take a whole movie for it to have been really sexual, like just a moment in a movie. And this is something you and I have talked about a lot, but just specific moments in movies like where if it if it happens, it's like that's the, that's the thing that sticks with me, not the moral, not the the arc, the character arc, not the ending. It's those moments that stick with me and um, and and resurface in my mind a lot, even Even when we're having sex Mm -hmm. and when we, you know, approach our own intimacy, which I'm sure we'll get into. I know we're getting into.
0: Yeah. Well, it's starting right now, so. (laughs) It is starting now, isn't it? (laughs) Buggle up. But I think that's a part of it because that's what I, that's what we talked about was just like movies seem to create this fantasy for sex too, that it's like super easy to engage in. There are no interruptions. There's no communication. And I mean, like usually in these movies, I think when Harry met Sally, that's the one that's coming to mind right now. Where like they they've been friends for a while, they date other people, they talk about each other's love lives with each other, they're besties, and then they have sex. And this is a spoiler, so I mean, if you haven't seen it, sorry. Or if you're
1: halfway through it, yeah, <laughs> or like really, really looking forward to it, having having watched three trailers.
0: Um, but like it's it's so fake. I mean, it, the whole the whole experience is actually so sanitized, but they're trying to make it like it's the most, you know, realistic sexual experience ever, and then you watch it and you're like, that is not how it is at all. Yeah. But pre-married Bridget was like, I don't know what I'm watching, I guess that's how it works. And now- (laughs) Pre-married David was just like,
1: I don't know what this is, but it's the best thing in the world. (laughs) I mean, my first experience with what we're talking about here was James Bond. And I don't know if anybody else knows this, or this has been their tradition too, but on New Year's Eve, some channel, some cable channel runs James Bond all night. Like, it starts at, like, 2 p.m. So you can, you know, have your little, you know, have your little celebration and settle into your armchair and start watching from, like, after lunch all the way through the night, like, to the next morning. You can, like, watch James Bond after James Bond after James Bond. It was the best. And my my family would would do this for some of the night, you know, maybe some of the evening. And then I would tend to watch later. And I remember there was this, and there's always a little sex in James Bond, um, But for some reason, you know, I was like hormonal 13 year old David and like this particular scene came on and it wasn't even that explicit. It didn't show any like frontal nudity or anything, but it just kind of showed some dropping of trow and uh, jumping into a bed and then that we cut to the next scene and I was like haunted by that scene. Mm. Like for weeks, I would just be like, something happened Mm. on on that screen that I like want so bad. And, and it was just such an intense feeling. I would find myself sometimes like literally paralyzed. Like I had to think about it. I had to, I was just like, wow, that was my whole day at school playing sports after school. Like nothing was nearly as intense as that like four seconds scene from that James Bond movie. So the power of moments in these movies, at least for me, is just really intense
0: I'm sure others can relate to this. I mean, like, I can, too. When I, I can... Those those scenes are the things that stick in my head. And we were talking about this, like, how impactful they can be and how... I mean, it's true for books, too, and that's, like, another aspect to this for women is, like, rom, rom, romance. I don't know what it's like. It's, like, rom-com or, like, romantic fantasies, mystery novels, whatever. But there's, like, a whole arena of literature, too, for women that you can get really turned on reading books with these scenes as well. Erotica. Yeah, basically. And it can be like the soft, the soft porn where you don't realize like it's not, you're not going for hardcore, but it's just enough that it gives you this taste for something that you're like, wait a minute, I feel weird. Why do Mm -hmm. I feel weird right now? But like, it's, 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 it's like beauty distorted because it's like sex is beautiful. It is awesome. Objectively, it's a very good thing, Mm -hmm. but we're seeing it in the context of affairs, or premarital sex or, I don't know, whatever dynamic relationship is going on in a movie or a book. And it's, it just messes with you mm-hmm. because it's out of order. Like,
1: Does it mess with you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I find myself where I can think about it. I can, like, not as much being married. Like, I feel like I can just kind of go, okay, that's, the scene will pop up in my head, but I'm, I'm, e- I'm more easily able to just let it go but i it's think cuz you have
1: some some reality to tie it to like
0: i think now being yeah. married to be honest and right. having sex is like oh well i know what this is really like and th- it's this is different like it's just it's just like yeah. okay that's that's a fantasy that they're creating on but it it still kind of bleeds in like i can think of a scene from gossip girl that i watched in college and it was just like graphic enough but it would just pop in my head one scene one scene what was it the rest of the movie that- about you know what I don't know I mean it was I think there was more drugs and sex and people being wealthy in fashion but to be honest I can't even really tell you the but plot that of Gossip scene, Girl
1: but that scene stuff. was a, yeah there's something about that like we are wired for moments mm-hmm. you know and like the, and sex is one of those moments that just it, it, it implants itself yeah you know and it's like a it's like a, it's like a dream it's like mm-hmm. an idea oh I can't I'm gonna butcher it the inception the yeah. inception <laughs> quote whatever insert that later can we um, can we pop like audio in of like quotes of, of, from from Inception? I don't know.
0: I was thinking forward, about that because there's so many movies where I'm like, let's not the sex scenes part, but just like yeah, the don't, funny don't moments and the funny quotes where it's like, it's <laughs> I want to remember that. I don't but think look, there are any look at that. Like in you, like, you're just like can can botch the quote, but you can remember the sex scene.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like what? Right. But actually, I don't think there's any sex in Inception, is there?
0: I don't think so. No. No, it's more about around their relationship. Yeah. Which is interesting too. Yeah. But really cool movie, really cool concept. You were actually able to focus on the larger story. It's not like, in some ways it's like the sex scene comes in and it interrupts your like train of thinking mm-hmm. and their way to like process, like, what am I watching? What's the story arc? What, oh, what were the morals in this? Like yeah. it, it distracts for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's the moment it turns from art to porn. Yeah. And I, this is something we had to talk a lot about when we were trying to figure out our stance on Oppenheimer. And, um, you know, what we, what, what to, to get to that a little bit. I mean, yeah. so what we had heard from friends was there's some really sexual, there's some really explicit sexual content in there where they show frontal nudity and it's not long. It doesn't dominate the film because that was our first thing. Like well, we've not gone and watched movies cause we've heard it's just sex. Like it's just full of sex. Yeah. Um, but this wasn't that situation. And so and of course it was sort of the movie of the moment like you know everyone was going to see Oppenheimer Barbenheimer, it was man. yeah Barbenheimer man <laughs> we never ended up seeing Barbie but um so we i really want i especially really wanted to see it and uh, I, I and and you were willing to entertain it and you were you were you were pretty interested too and it was you know it was just I was good way cinema. more
0: interested in Oppenheimer than I was Barbie That's also true yeah. for the record yeah.
1: So anyway we had to we had to figure out okay well here's this movie we really want to see um you know and also it's not like uh w- but it wasn't a movie it was definitely going to be entertainment it wasn't going to be education i mean a little bit but little like, bit. I mean, it was like we historical wanted it to be drama
0: i think where it was and it looked beautiful yeah. and we knew the director was incredible so it was just right. like you can't go wrong so
1: here's this movie we really want this piece of entertainment we really want to enjoy and there's something there's explicit sexual content in there so we had to make this decision like are we can we as as you know, as Catholics, as you know people who with with respect for the dignity of the human person, like can we go see this?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, it brought up really it was it was a good tough because it brought up really good conversations, I think, beyond Oppenheimer, like, hey, what are we watching? and And to be fair too, I think or just to, maybe not to be fair, but to be to clarify we tend to not watch things with overt sexual content or it keeps coming up again and again and again. I think we've gotten more attuned to that in our habits and in marriage. And just because I think, I think marriage kind of brought to the surface, like if there's anything weird that you're watching, you know, i I'm not, I'm not saying porn specifically, I'm talking about just like film TV where it's like, man, this is bringing up a lot of, Crude or lewd content that isn't really honoring anybody. It's really just kind of distracting from a storyline, or it's meant to be the distraction and it's not really about a story. So I think like we were a little, we've been a little more attuned to like checking in. Is there a lot, of, a lot of swearing going on, a lot of sex where this is making us uncomfortable or making us realize like this isn't good for us to just take in? There was a show that you had been watching, and I just want to give context to this before going mm. into Oppenheimer. Was it Wheel of Time? No. It was something where, like, you 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 decided you're like, you know what? I just can't watch this because the sex has just increased in this, and it's just pretty much a constant. What the
1: heck was that? Yeah.
0: Well, no. good you can't remember it, I guess. <laughs> but I just <laughs> there remember are a number like of shows you... that, like watching them
1: out. It's kind of my thing.
0: <laughs> but I I think like that that was a good check to be like, wait a minute, this is this isn't like a okay once in a while it's inserted or it makes sense because of this relationship arc that's happening that. Okay, it fits in with the storyline. Yeah. Um, so I think with that, already kind of having that radar <laughs> for ourselves, um, Oppenheimer, with all the conversation around this, like, sex scene, it was like, what is this? Like, how explicit is this? And do we need to be concerned? And I'm going to go to... So we, re- we had read a particular article that was not written that well, and the arguments were meh but the one thing we did like and it pulled out it's whoa, whoa, whoa. directly so, from the so this home.
1: was a this was an article by a prominent sort of catholic ethic um you know uh organization mm-hmm. and it basically said like if you can't watch you can't watch any movie with any expo- sexually explicit content ever ever like it's, it is automatically like full stop inappropriate.
0: That's what it said. When I say true, that's what I mean. It's true. That's what it said. Not yeah. that true. That's right. the truth.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, well, we, yeah, we, we didn't like, well, we certainly didn't like the tone of the article because it wasn't curious. And I think that like, you know, I think it'd be very easy to be open and, up and open and shut about this subject and say, yeah, we just steer clear of anything that has to do with sex outside of our marriage. Boom. Like, but I mean, we live in the world and we have to, just may we have to draw that line and be more create be more careful about what is truly unethical versus what is um, you know what is what is engaging in the moments of today in the world we do live in what allows us to you know have conversations with other people participate in society we needed more um, thoughtful input um,
0: yeah. well and that's a topic too that I think we've uh debated as well like do we need to be watching certain shows to be able to relate to coworkers. That's an argument that we saw come up a lot yeah. related to Oppenheimer that we also debated because it was like yeah do do we need to be doing that? Like and that's where we had to go back to the actual movie which we were talking about and not applying a blanket yeah. statement to it because I think there are shows in which yeah everybody might be watching it um but it's probably just killing your brain cells and not something super right. virtuous.
1: That, which is not, which was not Oppenheimer. And and I, I also don't think that was, like, my first argument. I, mean, I, don't, I think it's a poor argument, is like, oh, well, everyone's doing it, and to be a good Christian, to be able to apostolate, you know, I'm going to need to go watch this movie, but, like, that wasn't, that wasn't it. It was like, I wanted to see Oppenheimer. I wanted to yeah. see this story about this, like, scientist that was apparently some one, some of the best cinema shot in this, you know, this side of 2000.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, anyway. Yeah.
0: I think it's just important to note that because I, I think um, that was one of the arguments in this article. Yeah,
1: and it, yeah. it was which was a, the weakest argument. It, yeah,
0: yeah, and it was not well framed as well, so I think it was just more annoying than anything. But it was like, let's get back to Oppenheimer. What are we going to do about this? Mm-hmm. So what we found from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, number 2354, and we'll include this in the show notes, Pornography consists in removing real or simulated sexual acts from the intimacy of the partners in order to display them deliberately to third parties. It offends against chastity because it perverts the conjugal act, the intimate giving of spouses to each other. It does grave injury to the dignity of its participants, actors, vendors, and the public, since each one becomes an object of base pleasure and illicit profit for others. It immerses all who are involved in the illusion of a fantasy world. It is a grave offense. Civil authorities should prevent the production and distribution of pornographic materials. And we read that that um, section, and we thought of like so many movies. Not even
1: yeah, seems really pornography it seemed really wide reaching.
0: It did, and so that that's what got us thinking. Like, okay. How does this apply not only to Oppenheimer then, but as a frame of reference for us and to be prudent about other films that we're watching or we have watched in the past? Like, I love one Harry Met Sally. It's a, it's a hilarious movie. But it got me thinking, like, hmm, can I watch this? Should I be watching this? And just, again, I think that curiosity and not immediately condemning, but to think about, like, is this actually helping me grow in virtue? And is this the most prudent choice? So to to the... um section here from the catechism. Um, I think that the aspect of perversion of the conjugal act and the intimate giving of spouses to each other, um, that's, I mean, that's in so many movies. When I read this, it was like we were talking about you could replace pornography with movies consisting in real or simulated sexual acts and the intimacy of the partners and continue on.
1: Well, the the word that really jumps out the most to me is act. The word act comes up like... Three or four times in that section. And, and I, I think that that, and I remember our conversation about this, like that was one of the most important things to think about here is in starting to find like, what is that line? Like, what can we, what can we start to use as a useful sort of go, no go check mm-hmm. on a movie or content? Well, act, are they showing the physical, are, are they, are they, are they spending budget to produce the audio and the visual to show the sexual act mm-hmm. live. I mean, that is like, when you think of porn, I mean, that is like what porn is. It's like, how how immersive can you get in that moment, right? Zoom in <laughs> kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, I think that there are movies with sexual moments that are not, that don't, that aren't, the intent is not to like bring you into the high Heat of what is happening on the screen. Now, the ghosted scene you were talking about, that, I think that is. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That was, like, there to it get was, your blood pumping
0: It was bizarre. there
1: with two actors who are simulating sex. I mean, that is pornography, based on that definition that we just read from the Catechism.
0: It was. I think that also, like, just, like, when you tune into yourself, it's like, my sister and I watching it were uncomfortable. Like, we were sitting there together, like, we, you know... She's not married, but like we talk about sex and theology of the body and stuff. Like it's not a topic of that's taboo for us. And we were both just like, uh, th- this is a lot more detailed sound audio, like what you were saying, to make it immersive as a viewer. Yeah.
1: Like we got it. They had sex, and there are some movies that take more of that approach of like, we're going to we're we're gonna we're gonna give you every piece of indication they just had sex. We're gonna show the sheets all messed up, you know. We're gonna mm-hmm. show them making out, falling into the hotel room, you know. But like. Or, and even like some kind of mood lighting and maybe silhouette for a moment or two, but like just enough to, to get you,
0: you to, know what to, to follow
1: the story <laughs> yeah. and like, ah, like I, I know what happened, but I wasn't there in it. Mm-hmm. And I think like that is sort of what we decided is like that, that's sort of uh, at least where I'm at. And actually, I, like I said, it's been a couple of months, so it'd be interesting to kind of revisit this. But that was sort of the, the way we decided. Hey, like that's, that's pornographic and that's, that's not necessarily. Now I will say that James Bond scene that stuck with me when I was 13, I still remember that, that does not follow my own definition I made right there of pornography. Like Mm. they they didn't, it didn't show them like, you know, the bedrocking in that movie. It just showed them like getting into it. So but I, but, but I guess what the, I think the question is, is like, was it, did I see porn or did I like, did my, did I fantasize it on my own later? You know, was that fantasy my own making? It was for sure sort of inspired by something I saw. But man, like, you know, the inspiration and the concupiscence is everywhere. And so we can't blame every single piece of media that we see for our own, um, for mm-hmm. our own you know issues like that right our own um for our own uh fantasizing yeah. acts of the will right yeah
0: so i think um we have a crying child in the background here so we're just uh taking a moment <laughs> not losing our train of thought um i think you're right i think what's tough is that it, again it's in this article that we had read where it was focusing on like as an individual you can't be so obsessed with trying to fit in with culture and we were like well we're not trying to do that we're genuinely interested in watching this movie so what do we do i think it does come back down to ourselves and being attuned with ourselves this is where like virtue building is important having a prayer life is important having good communication around like what what does excite me or turn me on if I'm watching a show or, like, gets me fantasizing? And if you see a repeated pattern, it's probably worth figuring out, like, okay, if this keeps happening, is this becoming a habitual issue? Do I need to change course here? Do I need to n- just not watch these movies? Or do I need to have, like, a plan in place? If there is one sex scene in a movie, I fast forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the notebook. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. Did you ever see the notebook?
1: I, I did. I watched the notebook with you. <laughs> <laughs> um but <laughs> we were very early on in dating. Definitely a story for a different time. Yeah. I don't remember sex scenes in it though.
0: Okay, well, actually, as you say that, we were watching it. We were watching it with a friend of ours, and she was like, I gotta go, and she left right before the oh, sex scene. My, so I remember that fact. I yeah. think we ended up watching it, you and I, but we were just sitting there like awkwardly, didn't know what to do. But I think we were more focused. I don't remember it as much because I think we were more internally focused on like, I can't believe we're watching this scene together. Oh my gosh, do I fast forward? So it's not as memorable in watching it with that time with you. But I had seen it. I remember that first time and it was really intense because like they, they, it wasn't this, again, like you said, it wasn't the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like... You know, showing the shadows mm-hmm. or like hinting at, like, oh, you fill in the blanks. It was like, we're going to fill in all the blanks for you and we're going to add yeah. in everything to make this super immersive and beautiful. And it just like isn't that beautiful in some ways, you know, because you're like, I, but I'm just so uncomfortable. And I'm sure there is beauty in this, but it's not meant for everyone to be to share in.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's something that I think.
1: Well, it offends against chastity
0: <laughs> yes. because
1: it perverts it. Yeah. Um, Right. It's removing the sexual act from its rightful place and it's therefore it's like inherently disorder. So that there is beauty, there's traces of beauty in it, but it's you know it's wrong. Yeah. You know it's wrong, and you can't find something beautiful you know is wrong.
0: We also talked about I'm just wanna like go back to some of our notes too, back back to Oppenheimer. Um, we realized as we looked into this, a few things were going on. Why it was being talked about was during this it's there's one sex scene right maybe two but this the second in it is much more them just talking Mm -hmm. than actually engaging in sex it's the first scene that's predominantly more immersive so it it was coming up in part because he is reading and reciting from a a sacred hindu text which got a lot of people up in arms which which was just interesting to see like Okay, if this were happening with any other text, or I I even, like, I don't know. I just think about, like, anything else. I don't know if we would be as up in arms, but for whatever reason, we were. And a lot of, like, news outlets were picking it up, and and the director and the actors didn't really know how to comment on it. Um, And so that was, in part, why it was gaining so much traction, because he's reading the sacred text to her as they're engaging in sex together. And then I saw, like, the Catholic world picking it up, because it was like, well, wait a minute. As a whole, this is super explicit. Should we even be watching it? Is this pornography? What's happening? But it became like so so talked about. It made it sound like the whole movie was like a porn experience. Yeah. Because it, I yeah. thought I was like, oh my gosh, this this movie has like twelve sex scenes in it. What's going on? Like, well, I thought this. I didn't think this was about. This was what it was about. Right. And then the more we actually, actually learned about the movie and asked people who saw it, they were like. No, it's two scenes. The first one's a little more explicit. I don't know. That's not really the point of this three-hour film. And that, I think, was something that we, one, had to go into and decide, like, okay, we're watching this on a big screen. We don't have the ability to fast-forward or anything. What's going to be our our approach to this? It's one scene. But we've heard enough about it. We know it's graphic enough. You're going to see frontal nudity. How do we want to approach it? And then, two, bigger conversation of how do we want to approach these films in general. So I want to get to the first one. Like what did we do when we went to go see Oppenheimer?
1: Well, what we decided to do was we would cover our eyes.
0: Straight up. That's what we did. So we did. <laughs> we heard that from a few other friends. They were like, we just looked away. Like yeah. Yes, you hear some of the the noises that they try to write fill in for audio, but we just looked away. It was it was fast, too. I was expecting me closing my eyes for like I don't know, 3 minutes or something, and it was so fast. Yeah. So I think part of me was frustrated by that and I was glad it was short. It also felt out of context. And when we got out of the movie, I was like, I did not need that sex scene. Like it didn't really do anything for me. It was also the director's first sex scene he had ever filmed, which I think is interesting to know too. Like could have just done without it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it was kind of awkward and just, it was,
1: it was kind of awkward. I mean, I don't even know. I don't watch that many sex scenes. Like I, you know, and (laughs) I mean, since we've talked about it. Yeah. And it was definitely some of the most graphic specs I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, or, you know, or, or heard, but like we saw the start and the end of it kind of cause we were trying to figure out when it was done. Um, but yeah, it was kind of awkward.
0: It just, it didn't really, it was funny like afterwards because we, we had been like so prepared for this, which in some ways was helpful. Like we knew when it was coming and we knew what we were going to do. So it, it didn't take away from the rest of the movie for me or just stay in my brain. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was really helpful but I think there was um, I don't know just some frustration coming out of this movie like it wasn't even needed it had been written about and talked about as if it was like this integral part of the movie and you needed to see this sex scene and like the what he's reading and everything like to make this like the film make sense and I actually found their relationship to be more confusing than anything and like they have sex and then she's kind of out of the picture this character and so I was just like well, that was unnecessary. I don't know. That didn't really do anything for me. And again, like it was talked about so much that it made it sound like everything's going to make sense because of this scene. And it didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can I bring up the the reason that I think that we have to be really careful about scenes like those Though. Yeah. Comparison. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's the reason that even after the fact, even after watching it and making, you know, covering our eyes and and realizing that again, it had really blown up, and maybe this podcast is coming out too late. But everybody remembers, right? The controversy around that. Um, I think the reason that it was worth all the energy we put into making a decision about it is because, because we are a married couple and we do have sex, and it could be damaging for an unmarried person because you know they're, you know, you know, hopefully are. You know waiting till marriage to engage in sexual activity um, and so it's a lot that's a lot for them to process it's more than you know they don't have have any comparison for it um, but it's also really harmful to married couples I think because it is creating these unrealistic expectations you know Hollywood spent five million dollars on that scene you know you spend usually zero dollars when you are engaging in sex with your spouse you're just doing it, and, and sometimes you're just finding 20 minutes when the kids are, happen to not be screaming, and mm-hmm. when you fill your head with $5 million produced sex scenes and have those expectations, because by the way, that's how the human mind works, right? We, we input information, and we create expectations from what we watch, what we see, what we listen to, and then we compare that against what happens, guess, guess what? It's just not going to live up to the $5 million produced sex scene. It isn't. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I think like, you know, the act part of the pornographic description of definition from the catechism is so critical is because, you know, it's it is if you watch the act of sex when it is highly produced, unrealistic, not you and your spouse, not your relationship doesn't have the context of the reality you live in then um you are you're going to your mind is going to be screwed up when you're having sex with a, with a, with your partner in real life and it's a di- it is different and maybe not what you prefer and maybe that leads to good discussion like hey I'd like to try something or another. I, I'm I'm a big fan of that we're big fans of that like communicating about sex yeah, totally. there's a difference between communicating about something and being willing to try something and then having expectations mm-hmm. and um, and those expectations are almost never created from something realistic these days. And that's why I think we have to be really vigilant about what is pornographic, um, and what's not. And, um, and you do some, something, I, I want to commend you that you, when you do see something sexually explicit, cause sometimes it just happens. It's like you watch the, the movie and it's like, crap, that was really sexual. I didn't expect it to be. You're, you do a really good job of processing with me. And you'll bring it to me and say, like, wow, I saw something really disturbing. I just didn't need to see that, you know? And, like, you, you talk it through with me, and, and sometimes I'm like, why are you telling me about this? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to know about it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, like, I think that's probably the next best thing to not having seen it, is at least to bring it to me and to bring it to the light about what you did see. Um, and I'm not advocating for watching porn together. Absolutely not. That would be a really far stretch of what I just said. But I do think that, like living in the light with your spouse, about the person next to you who's had the most grave harm when you have seen pornography, to use the word grave harm from the Catechism in that definition, um, is probably the next best thing you can do.
0: Mm-hmm. And and to be clear too, we are not specifically talking about pornography. We're talking about, I mean, well. Okay. I think we are. I mean, I just want to clarify that, like, we're not actually choosing pornographic films. We are saying, though, that it does seem like movies more and more are getting much closer to being like porn. That is concerning. And having us to rethink about what we're doing. Just because I think that's, like, a whole other world of conversation around how do you navigate spouse who actually watches porn so i think like in that sense i'm not watching porn i'm watching you know ghosted that has a pretty explicit sex scene yeah i do go to you because thank you for saying that that's really sweet um i i have to like watch it too because it's like i'm feeling kind of burdened by it but it's like how much do i want to share with you because i don't want to create like image imagery for you but i think in some ways when you haven't seen it it's like okay what like there? You know, yeah. it's, it's a it's a tough balance, but I think there is something about bringing it to the light because otherwise you just kind of file it in your head, and you don't realize like it just pops up. Yeah, when you're thinking about hey, let's have sex tonight, or hey, we have some time, we should have sex, and it's like there's that scene or there's that moment or it's supposed to be like this beautiful build up, and it's like sometimes you kind of have the beautiful build up and that's great or the candles and the music and whatever, and sometimes you don't and it can still be great. Mm-hmm. So I think you can get um with comparison, get really stuck in this little box of how sex is supposed to be that is l- limiting and it's not very freeing because you can have great sex that doesn't have all the bells and whistles and like the, the buildup of a film and the sexual tension that they try to create yeah. because they're trying to create this emotional experience for you in some ways, a physical response. hmm where it's like, oh, you can, you know, in some ways when you watch that, you might be thinking about your own relationship or a relationship you once had or a relationship you are dreaming of. And it's like, okay, the fantasy aspect comes into play with this, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's just a lot to this to- <laughs> a lot to this topic. Yeah, it is. As we're talking, I mean, I'm like, oh.
1: It is. And, 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 I, and I don't even know if, like, we really came up with a great black and white definition. Um, but, you know, that idea of how explicitly is the act being shown is sort of the, to the degree to which the porn is present. Um, and I, I think you did a, I think it's important. You, you drew a good distinction, which is like, there's a difference between you're watching a movie like Oppenheimer and there happens to be a sex scene that you didn't like, you didn't, you're not going there to watch the sex scene. You, did, that, you didn't go to Oppenheimer to go watch the sex scene.
0: I think that's a really important right? key too. Like intention. The intent does too. matter. Yeah. Intent
1: does matter. Um, there, so there is a difference between someone who logs into a porn hub and yeah. like goes and watches a bunch of porn because that's what they're going to do. And they're making the intent to do it versus someone who's, you know, by, you know, in going and d- watching something else for a different reason, sees it. Um, because your intent definitely does matter, especially when it comes to like the definition of grave sin is like, what was your, you know, did you fully choose it? I guess like it, it, we went and fully chose to go watch the movie, but like you know, the intent was not, the purpose of it wasn't to go do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there isn't really a culpability argument there, but there is, um, but I do think that there is, what I, what I think is an, is a spectrum is pornography. And, and I think movies are being more and more steeped in true pornography today Mm -hmm. than just sex scenes, you know, the allusions to sex.
0: I think, I think that is true. I think that's something that we, uh, I, I don't we talked about it a few months ago and I think i'm still I'm still in agreement with that yeah. because I think just in just in having this conversation again it's like wow we can go back and think of really specific moments where scenes really impacted us and stay in our memory and it's like man that there's there's more here and you can't be so flippant and thinking that it doesn't really matter or yeah. it doesn't really have impact it does and I get we're not including like all the research and the papers behind this but you know, I am I can definitely add some to the show notes around, like, mm-hmm. how the brain <laughs> brain works and how we respond to film. I mean, there's, there is so much already out there and that we've read through, but today we just wanted to talk more about our own experience and how we were navigating this. And this is a conversation. This isn't us having all the answers. I think in having this conversation, we were a little nervous, like, okay, well, <laughs> it's not like we have this perfectly figured out. This is something we've talked about with other married couples and... We're trying to get a sense for how do you approach this topic and how do you watch a movie you really want to see, but it does have that sex scene, but you're not choosing the sex scene. Like, all these nuances that can come with it. Um, we, we want to highlight the importance of have the conversation. Think about it. Think about it for yourself. Like, what are you watching? Just Just get thinking about it and maybe make decisions mm-hmm. around how you're going to approach films as you move forward because maybe you realize that, you know, you are watching Gossip Girl, and maybe that's not the best use of your time, or whatever that film might be. That was, that was for sure one for me in Lipstick Jungle. I can still think of that where I'm like, that was such a waste of time, because it just became more and more graphic and ridiculous. But they, it just kind of yeah, me drew too, me man. in moment by moment. I couldn't
1: put down Lipstick Jungle. It became an issue.
0: <laughs> but anyway, I just I want to clarify that too that it's not about us having all the answers. It's about us bringing this into your earbuds for you to think about, too. Because mm-hmm. it matters. I think, like, we are coming to a head with a lot of film. We're able to do so much. We're able to create so many amazing worlds through the technology that we have. And mm-hmm. it's beautiful, but we can also use it and make really ugly, horrible things with it, too. Or take something beautiful and twist it, which is, is something that...
1: Another common theme in movies today. Yeah. You know, like, we, we were just talking about very a little bit of a different subject, but not really. Like we were talking about kind of the cheesiness that defined a lot of nineties movies and, you know, kind of lovable cheesiness, but cheesiness and just oversimplicity of some plots. Um, and, and slapstick was really big in kind of the nineties films we, we remember and love. Um, but you know, today it's almost kind of swung the opposite direction where everything's twisted and nothing's simple. Everything's chaotic. Um, yeah, you know, and, um, so yeah.
0: Any final thoughts? Anything? Anything that pops into your head that you're like, ooh, I would want to add this as a last point.
1: I'm I'm glad we have a stance on it. I think a lot of people, um, and we didn't have a stance on this before this whole Oppenheimer thing, and now I feel like we have a real way to talk about this. It's just there's so much sex in our culture now. I think we. I'm really glad we were forced to do the decision-making on it. And I, and I hope everybody listening to this, you know, whether you agreed with everything we said or not, or, you know, you disagreed with most of it. I hope you comment on it and let us know. Um, But we, um, I I think like the, the conversation is really important and I'm glad we're having it together as a married couple.
0: Yeah, me too. I would agree with that. I don't, I don't have anything else to add right now. I think it's really good. It did force us to make decisions and and decide like how do we approach what we watch because like I had said earlier we we had like a sense and we bring it to each other or realize oh I sh- maybe shouldn't watch this but it we didn't really have anything concrete to kind of help us walk through why or why would I not watch this show or this movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Thanks for being on, David.
1: Always a pleasure. <laughs> Always a pleasure.
0: Yeah, you guys, if you have any uh, comments, feedback, or you disagree, or you partially disagree, or you're confused, I don't know, send an email, send a DM on Instagram, I'd love to hear more, we'd love to hear more. This is a, definitely a point of conversation, obviously, that we've had many a nights chatting about, because it's helpful, it's interesting, it's um, it's so relevant to what's going on right now in our culture, so we'd love to hear from you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share with your friends and help expand the conversation around women's health. If you're loving the podcast, could you please leave a review? I want these conversations to get into the headphones of more men and women to invite them on a journey of wholeness too. Thank you so much in advance. It means so much to me. You can find more support for charting, instructor guidance, guides, courses, and more by visiting my website, www.managingyourfertility.com. You can also find me on social media at Managing Your Fertility. And don't forget to subscribe to my email list for exclusive content and weekly conversations. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time. Thank you helping next generation of women like me thank you